The Capitals fall in the first game of the regular season. And what changes need to take place before the Caps take on the Flames Monday night? I'll discuss next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. The Capital season has started, and I would love to talk Caps hockey with you one on one. And we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for more details. In today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how your capitals fall in the very first game of the regular season. Already people are saying, Dan, don't read too much into this. It was the first game. It's just a first loss. It doesn't mean anything to those people. I would say if it was, if they would have won four to nothing, you would have talked about it a lot and thought it meant a whole lot. We'll talk about that in the show. We'll talk about how Connor McMichael is a man on a mission. And his mission is to be on this team for the duration of the regular season and into the postseason. He will not get sent down to Hershey. That is his mission. A little bit later in the show, we will talk about how Miro got his first AHL point. We'll talk about changes before Monday night's game. But just to get it going here, we will talk about how the Caps lost to the Penguins in a, in a rough game. It was, you know, there. make no mistake about it. It was a horrible clunker out there uh, that the Capitals lost. And they started, you know, with, you know, pretty good. They had some good opportunities on net and ultimately just took their eyes off the puck. They took the pressure off. And then there were certain gaps that, you know, helped lead to their demise. You take a look at Sandine, you know, at that mispass, you take a look at Alex Ovechkin coughing up the puck. It was just a bad game. And, you know, again, that's what I talked about off the top. There's people are saying, don't read too much into it. It was the first game and it was a loss. But those same people, if it would, they would have won four to nothing, oh, they would have read a whole lot into that. So I'm the kind of person that I like to see both sides of the coin. And I'm not, you know, a Debbie Downer or Danny Downer in this case. But what I'm saying is that. I think that you can learn things from it. And I think that, you know, it was a really bad start to not find the back of the net one time. Well, I, I just don't think that is excusable. It marked the first time in the team's 49-year uh, franchise history that it had been held off the score sheet in a season opener. That's not the kind of records that you want to have in the first game of the regular season, but I get it. I don't want to get, you know, 
uh, too down and out about it, but uh, changes need to be made. And for the people that are saying that it had something to do with Charlie Lindgren, I don't think that's the case. Would he would like to have had some of those back? Sure, but he saved 31 of 35. A lot of those were high danger shots. And all things considered, I think Charlie played rather well. If it had been Darcy Kemper and they played that same way, I think it would have been a similar score. So I don't want to fault uh, uh, Charlie Lindgren on this at all. The Capitals only mustered 19 shots on goal. Ovi led with four Uh, So that was the tough thing there. They didn't generate many high-quality opportunities, misplays, like I said, by Sandine and Ovechkin. McMichael looked good despite not being able to find the back of the net, putting himself in in a good position uh, to do great things. I ultimately think that he has found his spot on this team, a big role. We'll talk about Connor a little bit later in the show, but uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Things need to get cleaned up before the next game. So, How is that going to manifest itself? Well, they're already talking about the changes that are going to need to be made in the lineup, uh, who is going to be in and who's going to be out. They're already uh, mentioning that. And uh, it's one of the things that that needs to be addressed uh, now before it gets out of hand. Um, You know, uh, we don't want to go uh, 0-2 on the season. So what can we expect from the Caps lineup versus the Flames? Not much has changed, except Anthony Mantha is the odd man out and Alex Alexiev is in over Lucas Johansson. I wouldn't read too much into that. I think Carbs is just looking to get a spark and change from dropping four to nothing to the pens. And, you know, the Anthony Mantha thing should come as no surprise to anyone. I was surprised uh, to a certain extent that he was in over Phillips. Then, of course, we know Phillips was in because of the whole Protus and the Darcy Kemper thing. That, that whole deal there. But, uh, you know, and I don't want th- to make this about me bashing uh, Anthony Mantha. He just hasn't shown up. And, you know, uh, one of the things is, you know, it, it's called hockey and it's professional hockey. Like they say, it's called show business, not show happy. Uh, the same thing goes for here. Anthony Mantha is a great guy. He lost 10 pounds. He hired the mental coach. And, you know, he seems like a person, pretty decent guy. With that said, they need contributions uh, from all these people. So Anthony Mantha, as far as what we know today, as I record this at 9, 19 p.m. local, is that Anthony Mantha is potentially not going to be in the game. And it's going to be Alex Alexiev over Lucas Johansson. Again, I'm, I'm honestly kind of happy to get a good look at Alex Alexiev. I know he put in the work this past summer with a strength and conditioning coach to see what he has. I know we've seen him in the preseason, but you know, the regular season is always a whole different uh, kettle of fish, if you will. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what he has in the tank. I I had Alex Alexiev circled uh, on this team uh, before Joel Edmondson came and, you know, all these other things that uh, transpired during the preseason, but uh, it'll be a good game Monday night as the Caps take on the Flames. Uh, you got to think that Spencer Carberry and his assistants and the and the players themselves have been going over the game film to find out what went wrong. You know, it was just it was a poor game, all things considered. And, you know, that was one of the things uh, that I did. I did a locked on now or, you know, I do a one minute short after the game. And I talked about how things were going bad. And people pointed out to me real quickly that, hey, Dan, you know, don't read too much into it. It's just the first game. I get all that. I know that you're not going to win every single game of the regular season, but to lose four to nothing and for it to be the first time in team history that in the season opener, 
you were held scoreless. Those are, again, those are not the things that we're looking forward to. But moving on, can't live your life in the rear view. Got to keep looking forward. You got to go 1-0 and every day, as F.P. Santangelo used to say, who used to do the play-by-play for the Nationals. And it's true. Uh, you you got to put everything else like that in the, in the rear view and, and just concentrate on your next opponent. And the next opponent is the Calgary Flames. Um, and it's, you know, they're going to be, have to be up for it because, you know, they're going to bring it as well. Um, there's a lot of players on this team that are trying to, to prove a lot of things on the Flames as well. So I think the biggest thing is the Capitals have to maintain the pressure uh, that they had to start the game in the first period and just continue to go with it because it seemed like a team that was pretty disjointed. Like I said, the Sandine miss uh, pass, Alex Ovechkin going and then coughing up the puck. Um, and, and honestly, what it was about was the, the Penguins were more hungry. They wanted the win more than the Caps did. But again, to the people that said it had something to do with Charlie Lindgren that, you know, the Capitals lost because of him. No, that's, that's not, not the case at all. And, and that's just someone that's looking at the score sheet and the score sheet, even that looks pretty good. So, uh, things that the Capitals need to work on is applying the pressure early, stop with the odd man breaks. That was one of the things that Spencer Cobbery said the Capitals did last season that led to their demise. Quit putting the pressure on the goalie all the time. You know, Charlie Lindgren or Darcy Kemper under duress, you know, for a majority of the game is never an ideal situation. So those are the things uh, that I think that the Capitals need to clean up uh, if they want to have success in the next game here. And ultimately, I think they have what it takes. Uh, they're just going to have to to apply everything that they learned in the preseason and use that going forward. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about how Ivan Mirishnashenko got his first point of the regular season in the AHL. What does that ultimately mean? I'll talk about that coming up. Alex Ovechkin scores a hat trick. The Capitals win the Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, uh, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios this season, but have to have a chance at winning big. You need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper as the official daily fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. With stud players like Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson, all you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these stars. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, the Capitals fans, 100% payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for more details. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. The regular season is here, and I've got you guys covered, so make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals today. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about a couple players 
uh, that were in the preseason and mini camps and preseason games that already got their first points. And one of them, one of the players I'm going to talk about actually got a goal. Uh, but to start it off here, Ivan Mirshnyshenko was one of the guys. And if you're an everyday of the show, you know I've talked about him. I've been banging the drum on him all preseason that this is going to be his year. And then he was uh, cut and sent down to Hershey. And I ultimately think it still will be his year at some point. Uh, one of the things that Spencer Carberry said is that he thinks that Miro needs to work on his game, you know, being more acclimated to the North American game. And uh, I think that, you know, ultimately he didn't really do anything wrong. It's just that he needs to fine tune some of the things that, you know, make an NHL player great. Uh, I think that he has the raw materials. I think that he has the right recipe in the pot. It just needs to marinate a little bit down in Hershey for a while. And I think it's going to be a recipe for success. Um, so, but he did, he got his first point, his first professional point in uh, North American hockey. And he did it by assisting on Hardy Haman Octel's goal. Um, and that's what it's all about. Just taking these steps and keep continuing to work on your game much in the same way that Connor McMichael did, and I'll talk about him a little bit later in the show, is that even though you got sent down to Hershey, uh, again, it's professional hockey. It is one level down from the NHL. Don't read too much into that. Um, I think that, you know, some people, and Braden Holtby said it the best, he goes, the, the difference between the NHL and the AHL is razor fine. So he is going to get a really great opportunity to play against some really great teams and he's going to get some good playing time. And I think that, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say by midseason, he is going to be good to go for the Capitals as long as there is a roster spot available. That's going to be the interesting thing. Miro got the primary assist on Hardy Haman Octel's goal. Miro and Octel were some of the last cut from the Caps roster. You remember that? I was... More surprised, honestly, about Hardy Hamanoctel getting cut from the team than Miro because that was kind of an in, in the air for a while uh, that Miro did a good job. You know, he played well when he played with Alex Ovechkin and it was a great story about how Ovi took him under his wing and all that. Um, but, you know, again, he just needs to work on his game. I was surprised about Hardy Hamanoctel because everyone kind of had him circled on making the big team this year. So, and he might still as well. He just needs to work on his game both Miro and Octel are wave waiver exempt, which is ultimately why they were cut. No fear of them getting scooped up by another team. Um, and that was one of the things there that I think that if there was that fear, I think that they probably would still be on the big team. So, you know, professional sports and the waiver wire and getting sent up and down is kind of a tricky thing. And you got to kind of read into it a little bit more than just taking a look at the transaction sheet. Uh, whether it be, you know, on a blog or the official website um, and to just really look into it. So when you take a look at it on Miro and Octel getting sent down, we know that Miro needs to work on his game. I don't think that Hardy Hum and Octel really needed to work on a whole lot. But I think that what it was about is that the roster was rather full and that they were waiver exempt. So there was no fear of them getting scooped up because you got to think for me, uh, Miro Shnashenko would have gotten scooped up for sure, for sure. Miro gets his first AHL point assigning, uh, assisting, excuse me, on Hardy Haman Octel's goal. Mirshnashenko made his AHL debut with the Hershey Bears on Saturday night as the left wing and didn't get a point. That changed Sunday, however, against the Cleveland Monsters uh, as they picked up the big dub 5-2. to two. Uh, the Bears just uh, going along, playing pretty well. I mean, it's early in their season as well, and they're coming fresh off a Calder Cup win. 
Uh, so it is exciting to see what the Bears have in the tank. Uh, so th- what is going to happen for me is I think that they're going to just continue uh, to keep working on their game, and it's not going to be long before they get their opportunity. What is one of the unfortunate things that I know almost 100% for sure, I'm going to go ahead and say 90. I don't want to say 100. Maybe they'll get lucky and there won't be you know, next to no injuries. But if this team is anything like last year's team, they're going to be hit with some injuries. And they, you know, despite the fact that they added a lot of young players, relatively speaking, they are still the second oldest team in the NHL. And why is that important? Uh, Because older people get injured that much quicker. They take longer to heal. Listen to Alex Ovechkin, who is 38 years old. Uh, He thinks he's old. He has no idea. Again, I don't play professional hockey, but... Um, he talked about that you have to take it a little bit more easy, that you know, you have to give your ta- yourself a little bit more time in the offseason to heal, to rest and relax, and maybe not push quite as hard. Uh, if I take a look at Alex Ovechkin, he still looks like he's in peak shape to me, but you know, I that's what it's all about. Oh, she's older, Carlson's older, all of those things. So, how that ties into the uh, what I'm talking about here in this segment is that is going to present opportunities for players like um, Mirish Nishenko, Hardy Hamanoktel, Vinny Iorio, you know, potentially Joe Snively, something like that this season. So that, you know, don't despair young caps, uh, players, prospects, young Hershey Bears. I think that your opportunity is going to come. You just got to be patient. And uh, if anyone knows about that, it's some of the players that have been down in Hershey for quite some time. Take a look at Lucas Johansson, for example. He's been stewing down in Hershey for quite some time, was integral in the Hershey Bears' success and winning a Calder Cup, and he finally got his opportunity. Uh, it does appear that he is going to be the odd man out against the um, the Flames in this next game here. Again, things could change at practice tomorrow. All I'm telling you is what I saw at practice today. Things could change, but if uh, today's uh, what was on ice is any indicator, it's going to be Mantha out, it's going to be uh, Lucas Johansson out, and it's going to be Alexiev in. So that is what we know for sure right now is that uh, it's going to be a good thing. And it's, uh, again, I'm excited for Mirshnashenko. I'm excited for Hardy Hamanak to Octel to see what they have in the tank and uh, looking forward to their opportunity that inevitably they're going to get on this team getting called up just based on injuries or something like that. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the breakout season uh, this season and how great he played last season and ultimately why this year has turned out to be the year for Connor McMichael. We'll talk about him coming up. Passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay 
guaranteed fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your right every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Connor McMichael is is quite the player here, isn't he? He finally made good uh, on you know his promise that he was going to make the big team, and, and he did that. He made the roster cut. But one of the other things that he talked about is he said, I'm not only happy about making the team, I want to be up here for the duration of the season, postseason, whatever lies ahead for the Capitals. He does not want to put on a brown jersey this year. Even though they look great, uh, he wants to keep the red on. Why? Well, of course, it's the NHL. Why wouldn't you? Uh, it's the Premier League. Uh, also, the money's got to be pretty sweet for him as well. And just, you know, he's been playing long enough, probably almost as long as he's been walking, that you're putting in the work. You you know, your resume, you know, speaks for itself. This is your opportunity, and he is making the most of it. And what makes this year different uh, than other years is because, and you know, I don't ever want to, uh, you know, sell this down. I want to underline this and just really boost this up is that Spencer Carberry is now the head coach of this team. And why is that important is because, well, for one, Spencer Carberry has a rapport. He has a history of familiarity with a lot of these young players because why he coached them in Hershey. And uh, he is the youngest coach in the NHL. And sometimes, you know, a, a younger coach can relate a little bit more to a younger player. I understand there's still quite a disparity, 41. And, you know, I think that uh, McMichael's in his early 20s. You know what I'm talking about, but still far closer than it was with Lavi. And uh, so I think that uh, whatever the case may be, he is he's playing in top for a uh, top form. And one of the things that I know, and I've spoke about that on the show, is the swagger, the confidence that was in these players from winning that Calder Cup. You know, I, I want to say that I think that if the Bears didn't win a Calder Cup last season, I don't think that these these players would walk around with that swagger. You saw that in LaPierre, you saw it in Malenstein, and now you see it in Connor McMichael, that they're like, yes, I am that. I am that good. And I've seen it in Lucas Johansson as well. It was a game changer for them mentally because they had to overcome many obstacles to win a Calder Cup. They don't just hand those things out. It's not a participation prize. You really have to earn it. And the Bears had to overcome a lot to get that. And I think that that is where that emanates from. Connor McMichael had one heck of a training camp, and that's ultimately why he's playing on the big team. How was he rewarded? By finding a role on the top six, not relegated to the fourth line. We saw that briefly from him where he was like the left wing on the fourth line last season. Total misutilization uh, for Connor McMichael. And again, I don't want to speak disparagingly of Peter Laviolette, but I'm happy to put those years in the rear view mirror. And I think that Spencer Carberry, despite what we saw in the first game, we're not, I'm not going to judge Spencer Carberry based on the first game. Uh, I think that this Caps team is in a better position now than they have been in years. Because, you know, you think before that, Reardon, I think they were in good shape under trots, but it's been tough for uh, several years, shall we say. So the Caps 
good for the young players. Finally, this integration that is not such a foreign concept to a lot of other teams. It was with the Capitals, you know. But uh, again, finding a role in the top six, that is a, a sign of faith uh, from Spencer Carberry that he's putting uh, him that high up in the lineup. Ultimately, I would like to see him at the center position at some point. I know it's a bit of a crowded house out there. Who's coming out? Is it going to be Dowd, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, uh, you know, Strom? It's going to be difficult. So uh, to a certain extent, he's going to have to to wait for an injury or maybe Kuzi, you know, maybe has a really poor start to the season. Uh, again, I don't wish that upon anyone, but I'm just trying to think how he can get integrated uh, to that center position. McMichael never sulked. When getting sent down to Hershey last November, he was an important piece of the Bears' win in the Calder Cup. Make no mistake about it; he was clutch uh, in the in the uh, stand or excuse me in the Calder Cup playoffs there. He and ultimately why they won it. And it wasn't just him; it was a collective group down there. It was great coaching is why they won it. Uh, but he was a key piece. Uh, in that lineup. Why is he playing better now? Because he knows there was a reluctance to play young players and was afraid of making mistakes, according to Kuzi, in talking to Monumental's Tarek El-Bashir. It was an interesting assessment from Kuznetsov talking about that he thought he was scared of making mistakes. Evgeny Kuznetsov kind of had that same sentiment as well. He thought that he was misutilized and underutilized you know, he wasn't into the dump and chase and then uh, screening the goalie. Um, and I think that uh, that is not Spencer Carberry's brand of hockey. And he doesn't have to worry about making a mistake. And some of that has to do with Spencer Carberry. But like I talked about off the top of this segment is that he has that confidence that, you know, if I shoot it, it's going to go in. And if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. I think to a certain extent to get back to Mantha for just a brief second is he's caught up in his head. He's not finding the back of the net. And that snowball in your head just gets bigger and bigger and bigger about, I can't do it anymore. And that's why ultimately he had to hire that mental coach. Uh, He spent most of his time on the wing, but I would like to see him at center like I talked about. Um, He's been excellent the whole way through camp, Carberry said. He was good the other night as well. Confidence, playmaking ability, making plays when they're there, making smart decisions when they're not there, the total package he demonstrated that through camp through preseason games and i liked his game the other night against pittsburgh so despite the fact that the capitals did not pick up the dub uh he stood out for me that was noticeable is that you know he got some good shots out there and ultimately that's all you can hope for is putting yourself in a position uh to succeed uh you know and sometimes they didn't find the net but he was able to get good shots out there he positioned himself you know in a in a position to be successful uh and that's what we're hoping for again those are the things that the caps are going to have to work on if they're going to want to uh have success in the next game and that's what's you know right in front of them right now is the Calgary Flames but as we take a look at the schedule it's going to be busy to start off because on Wednesday they take on the Senators and on Saturday they take on the Habs. So everything that I've heard uh, from different podcasters and and different sources is that the Habs are a lot better team this year than in previous years. We know that the Senators under new ownership is a team that's kind of perennially always talked about. It's going to be their year but it's always like, nope, it's the next year or the next year. And one of the things that's been the Senators' big bugaboo is netminding. Uh, you take a look at the Habs last season. Uh, they had a down season, but historically are a really great team. 
That is a team that gave the Caps fits, uh, I don't know, what, 10 years ago when they made it in the playoffs. So it is going to be a good uh, a good litmus test for this team under Spencer Carberry's tutelage to see, you know, you say that you're better, seeing is believing. That's what I'm all about. I never want to be the kind of person that's, you know, just blind faith with blinders on, hear no evil, see no evil. I want to see success on the ice. And what I want to see from the Capitals from the moment the puck drops against the Flames is intensity, not taking your foot off the gas. I want to see Tom Wilson engaged with his physical style of play, even though he kind of wants to put that in the rear view. And, you know, one of the things that I heard him talk about in Mike Vogel's podcast is that, you know, he wants to fight under his own terms. Uh, what does that mean? He he kind of realized the older that he got that he is not being best served sitting in the penalty box. There's five minutes I could have been, you know, making shots on net, potentially scoring goals that he doesn't have to drop the gloves for everyone, but he still needs to hold on to that skill set. That's very important. We need Alex Ovechkin bringing his physical style. If you can't tell, I'm all about a physical style, peppering your opponent almost like a pre-war operation where you just hit him with a barrage of physicality, smashing people on the board, back-checking, forechecking, getting it done. You can't play, you know, half-cocked out there and expect to have success. And, you know, I think that some people thought that the Pens were just, you know, not this great of a team. They were a, a great team, and as it showed, they blanked the Caps. So that's the thing that I want to see going in against the game, against the Flames, is a physicality out there. And I'm not talking about, you know, dropping the mitts. I'm talking about finishing your checks. You know, you saw Ovechkin just slamming people into the boards. That's peppering your opponent for like a pre-war operation. That is what I want to see from the Capitals. You weaken your opponent by just overpowering force of physicality and good things will happen. That's kind of Dale Hunter hockey to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, some people kind of like to disparage, you know, his short tenure with the Capitals. But he's had success, you know, in different in different leagues that he's coached. Uh, so there is some truth to that. In any event, that is what I that's my keys for success for the Capitals it, to start the season and to have success in their next game against the Flames. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And I want to thank all of you that watch this on YouTube. And I also don't want to forget everyone that listens on the audio side as well. You guys are what makes this podcast audio and video wise successful. And I have you guys to thank. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey and I'll talk to you again next time.